Welcome back to another episode of Zero to Infinity, where we discuss everything about entrepreneurship, ranging from how to start your business, grow your business, and live a balanced life in between. I remain your host, Dilian. Today, we have an amazing guest in the studio. His name is Toby Oreolua. He is the founder and CEO of Alaga Collections, an indigenous luxury furniture line. He's also the CEO of Hairliners and Tassolo.ng. Today, he shares a bit of his startup story with us and how he's been able to run all three companies simultaneously. Do well to stay to the end and kindly share with friends and family. Let's dive in. Good evening, Toby. How are you doing? I'm very fine. Good evening. It's great to have you on Zero to Infinity. Thank you very much for having me. It's my pleasure. Yeah, highly welcome. So let's start out with what inspired you to be an entrepreneur and um, set out on this amazing journey of entrepreneurship, self-awareness, and self-development. Mm, thank you for the question. Um, so I think what um, I've always liked doing things my way. I've always liked doing things in my own, um, my own, in the way I like in. The way I see things, I like to do things my own way. So I think that's one of the things that has set me aside from when I was young till now. Yes. So I like to look at things from a very, very different perspective from how everybody sees it. So that's how I think entrepreneurial minds are usually like that. You always like to um, look at things from another perspective from how people do not see it. Even if it's something that they see normally, you just want to look at it in another way. So I've been like that from time. So that's, I think, shaped me. And then some of the things I learned from my parents, my mom and my dad, they have entrepreneurial in everything they do. So I think that rubbed off on me as, as well. And yeah, so I think that's, how, that's, that's, that's what has been driving me and that's what has driven me to where we are today. Oh, okay, that's great to know. Okay, so can you tell us a little about how you started Alaga Collections? Oh, okay. Yes. So, um, so I started Alaga Collections in 2016 officially, but okay. but it didn't start in 2016. Alaga Collections, the journey to Alaga Collections started in 2012 officially. So it was not it was not my original idea. Okay. It was not my original idea that I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to start a furniture company. So I was working as an intern architect then. Um, that's back in 2012 at, um, at an architecture firm. And we were designing and building um, some, some um, buildings in Lagos. And one of the things that was required of me then was to make some designs that, um, that were in the line of furniture and stuff like that. So uh, it was from there I started picking up um, interest in furniture. furniture. And um, one thing I noticed then was that most of the furniture then, we designed them, we all, we, we, we had the idea here in Nigeria, but they, do, they don't produce them here. They, they go source for them or produce them outside the country like that. So that was like a burden for me. And I thought that we could actually do this thing over here. Why are we going all the way to um, other countries to do this and bring it down to our country when we have the skill and talent here? So but my own solution to it back then 
was that um, I actually wanted to contact one of the major companies that was actually doing stuff like that for them or where they were sourcing for them. I wanted to contact them to have a, um, what's it called in Nigeria, a branch in Nigeria. That was my solution to it then. But um, at the end of the day, I mailed them severally, but they several, yeah, several is in the dictionary now. I mailed them several times and <laughs> they didn't reply. But so when they didn't reply, um, I thought about it that what, what's the next thing I could do to actually solve this problem? Then I wrote down my idea. I just wrote it down in my, um, in my notepad then and said that um, the furniture company, blah, blah, blah. I just wrote it down there blah, and I left it. So um, between that time and 2016, when I started Alaga Collections, I was able to understand more about furniture design, furniture production, and um, also African, the old Afrocentric movement thing. So I understood it. I understood what I wanted to do. So by the time it was 2016, um, I stopped working where I was working. I was working in a media company. I stopped working in architecture. So I moved to media. So I just, some things came up. So I had to stop working. Okay. Then I, I thought about it. That what was the next thing I could do? Then I just whipped up my, um, what's it called? My notepad from way back 2012. And I just, yeah, this is it. This is the idea that you need to build up now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so, and that was it. I just, I I started putting the realities of that time together, um, the whole Afrocentric movement, how can you use African stories to do furniture and all that. So I just merged everything together and that was how Alaga Collections was created. Wow, that's amazing. So when you finally you. launched, what were some of the challenges you faced and how were you able to overcome them? Mm, yeah, so the, the thing is that, it, um, one of the problems we have in Nigeria is the problem of skill. Skill, um, is we don't, we, I won't say we are, we don't have a lot of skilled people, but um, I think um, most of our uh, young people are not, um, they don't learn skilled work anymore, or we don't learn skilled work anymore. Most of us are, um, how do I call you, believe in. So it's, I think there's a gap, there's a big gap, there's a big skill gap. So. Uh, having to having to um, having to work with um, people that have been working over the years that they are very very stuck in a way of working that's one way and their delivery time and things like that it affected our own business. So what 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 I've been able to do over the years with my team, what we've been able to do is that we've been able to now think about new ways innovative ways to actually collaborate and build skill, even in the, in, in the Nigerian work culture in itself, the artisan work culture in itself, like that. So what we do now is that we don't just um, employ people to work with us now, we train them, we give them, um, we give them the adequate um, things they need to understand and know for them to actually work, to work and make it work class. So those are the things that we've actually done. So we had a skill problem, and some other time we had some logistic problem as well. Because we're just learning and we're a small business, you can't be able to undo a lot of things. But in Nigeria, yeah, a lot of small businesses, they, they, I know it's not time to give advice yet, but <laughs> I'll just chip this in that as a small business, as much as possible, try and outsource what you can outsource. Try and give it out and, 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 um, and um, focus on your core, focus on the core thing that you're trying to, sell 
yeah, that you're trying to achieve, focus on it. Because I noticed that small businesses in Nigeria, as um, growing businesses, I don't like calling them small businesses because it kind of um, limits, limits our, um, what's it called? Thinking. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's the reality, but it's trust me. That's just how I am. So I would advise them that it's, it's better for you to actually just focus on the key thing you are trying to achieve. Okay. Till, till you can scale to a good level and arrange your process to work for you. So one of some of the things I learned on the way was that as a small business that was trying to do everything by themselves, um, because you are trying to maintain or manage excellence, you end up yeah. you end up you end up modeling things up. You model them up, and at the end of the day, it becomes problematic. The excellence you're trying to achieve it becomes mediocre at the end of the day because. You, you are not, you are not, um, how do I call it? You are not omnipresent or omniscient. So you don't know everything and you can't do everything at the same time. Everything. Yeah. So as much as possible, try as much as possible to outsource what, um, what you need to outsource and do what you need to do. So, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Well, thanks for that amazing advice. Yeah. So how do you manage Alaga Collections, Herainas, and Tassel.ng together just being like, you alone being the CEO and everything. I'm not. I'm not the CEO. I'm not alone. <laughs> there's, there's a lot. Actually, I, a lot. We have a, we have a team of amazing people that we work together on every, um, on everything that we do. Project, so my, yeah. my, yeah, my, my major duty is actually to just some, some, sometimes my major duty is just to oversee the creative process of some of these things. See it oversee the grid. There are a lot of people that actually run the business in itself. They run the day to day running of how things go in each business like that. My my duty is to oversee them to ensure that things go out how they are meant to go and uh, we get the result that we achieve. So when you see me come out and uh, it's because uh, they just allow me to do that. But there are a lot of people, yeah, there are a lot of people that are actually making things work behind. Okay, so um, with the great team members you have, I'm sure there has been some challenges. So what major challenges have you faced with managing people, team members, and contractors? And what should aspiring entrepreneurs know about managing people? So for, for managing people, I think that what we need to understand is that the human, um, what's it called? The human nature is, um, how do I call it? It's unpredictable. You can't predict it. So once you have that at the back of your mind, I think a lot of things are solved already because it helps you to actually put measures in place that would, um, that would curb uh, things like, um, like um, violence, like maybe um, fracas between team members and stuff like that. So what, what I've been able to do over the, over the time, over time is that we have to be as plain as possible, as open as possible, as um, as approachable as possible by every member of your team. Not just to you, but to each other. To everybody can be able to communicate properly with each other. And with artisans, what one thing we've noticed is that because most of them are outside our um, organization before, they need they need timely communication. They need timely manning and timely time uh, man marking. Like that, okay. so we we we've learned the art of that. I won't say it came easy; it didn't come easy. But mm -hmm. and we are still learning. But we've learned the art of that, and we're still learning it. And I, I know we are, we are heading in a good direction with them because at least we've landed where we are now. 
So yeah. yeah, and that's great. So what are some productivity hacks that has helped you so far? Well, well, I do what I have to do when I have to do it. <laughs> yeah. In the sense, in the sense that, in the sense that, um, there's no, there's no one way fix all um, approach to these things like productivity and stuff. We are human beings and we are complex beings. What, I've, what I, I know is that, what I have done for myself is that I've been able to understand how I can get productive. So, for example, when everybody's, um, when everybody's sleeping, okay. I might be awake. Yeah, that's, that's the most productive time for me because I can be able to think and do my things like that. Some people might not be able to do that kind of midnight um, thing or early morning thing like that. They prefer to just walk on the beach and do stuff, and that's where their inspiration comes one time from time to time and things like that. So what I just what I would just advise people is that you actually just understand yourself and use your own um, your own personality to actually fix your lifestyle. Okay, so let's now move to branding. What has helped you in your branding processes? Because looking at all the three companies, they are amazingly branded. And to me, I call you a brand guru. Okay, so what has helped you and what should young entrepreneurs know about branding and how can they position their brands for global relevance? I don't think people need to be authentic. They need to be authentic with their with what they do, with their message and um, with with everything, in short, you need to be authentic. Uh, I don't know, when you say branding, I think branding is, a, is just perception. Yeah. It's, it's just perception. So when uh, it's, it's a, and perception is a reflection of how you see something. So we have, what we have learned how to do is to understand what we want to tell people and what people are, what, what's, what's, in, what's in vogue, what people, are, what people want, or what people like. So it's a combination of um, research and um, and a lot of reading. I don't know how to I don't know how to explain that properly, but yeah, that's it. I just think perception, manage your perception properly. That's what I just think. That's my underlining. Um, okay, uh, so um, let's not talk about money management and fundraising. Did, did at any point did you raise funds for Alaga Collections? And then um, how have you managed to keep all the businesses above water? Mm, it's not easy, especially in this um, pandemic period. So, I would, yeah, there's no, I'm not going to um, brainwash you that. It's uh, everything is rosy and stuff. So, but um, we've been able to, we've been we've bootstrapped for a while for most of the businesses, bootstrapped here and there, and been able to raise funds from um, friends and family at some point like that. So, but for Alaga Collections, we were able to, at the beginning, we were able to get um, a, an initial, um, an initial investor. facility. Yeah, not, not, not as an investor, it's a loan facility from the Bank of Industry. Yeah, that was, yes. We we're one of the beneficiaries of Bank of Industries at first, like that. So, yeah, that was, that was a good place to start from. But from apart from that, it's just majorly bootstrapping, bootstrapping, and pushing, um, pushing the business up. So for entrepreneurs that are looking to um, to start something, 
I think that the very first thing you need to do is to just start, start it however you can. Then on the way, um, get help from family and friends before other people from outside can actually believe in whatever you are what doing. doing. Yes, and for the investing. Okay, that's cool. So what is, you talked about reading. So what is one book or a few books you've read that has changed your life or inspired you greatly? Mm, there's this book I read at some point. It's called Card Monkeys, Tiny yeah. Babies and T-Shaped People. So I think that's one of the books that actually changed how I, um, how I see things and how I uh, um, perceive how things are designed for the world. It's, it's about design thinking, actually. So that's one book that I actually read. That actually mm, made me think that, yes, we can actually, we can actually think our way out of, yes, we can actually think our way out of things that are actually worrying us in this Africa because we have a lot of things worrying us. And one of the things I think that can help us out of all these issues we have is to actually think critically, to think, to think in, a, um, in an human-centered manner, in, in, yeah, that kind of thing. So I think that's one book that I would actually tell people that actually want to see these kind of changes. I would actually advise them to read it. Advice to young entrepreneurs. I'm, young, I'm a young entrepreneur myself. So I think my advice to us is that we, sh we just need to keep going. We need to keep we need to keep doing what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. I was telling somebody yesterday um, on, a, on another radio show. I was on another radio show. I was okay. telling him yesterday that we are the first line of generation of the people that actually want to really, really change the narrative of Africa. And for us to do that, it's going to come at a cost. At, we are going to pay highly for it. So some of the things we're going to use in paying is our work the work we're putting into doing all these things. So it's not going to come easy for you as an entrepreneur as you know that you are trying to change how things are done and um, it's just going to come naturally for you like that. A lot of us actually do it and get to a point and have to go back because it's not easy actually. Trust me, it's not easy. But if you know that this is, it, there is a conviction in your heart that this is something that you need to do to change the narrative, to change how things are done over here, then you need to keep going. You need to keep going and not stop till you achieve what you want to achieve. So that's my that's what I have to say to us, to all of us as entrepreneurs. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Thanks so much. It has been nice having you. Thank on you very much. Thank you for having podcast. me. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah you're welcome. Having me. Thank you. You <laughs> too. Welcome. Let me know Have how nice this goes. Day. Bye. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I hope you learned something amazing today. You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Diliani and my website www.dilian.com. And remember, there's a drop of greatness inside you. Thank you.